Finally, the weather. Strong air force winds are forecast for the northwest of the country. They are expected to last for most of the day and will be strong to gusty at times. Nature is more powerful than all of us. When you're on a wave, you're literally only on a wave for a matter of seconds. We're lucky that we can actually just go out there where there's no mobile phones, no gadgets, no pressure, nobody looking for you. And you can just, even if you want to sit on the ocean and look, look around you, look from you, look within you, and then when the moment comes when you see that swell coming that becomes the wave and it catches you and you paddle into it. You become one with nature for a few seconds. And that's what you remember. I mean, today, if I got one wave in a surf session, that keeps me going for months. The board waxed. Mm -hmm. I'll buy a paint for waxing the board. <laughs> That's the wax you should be using. The Godfather <laughs> wax. On Rasnaila Strand in County Donegal, two and a half kilometres of golden sandy beach and wild Atlantic breakers, Brian Connor, Barry and Willie Britton are about to go surfing. It will be the first time they've been in the water together for 22 years. The wet are getting a bit tighter. <laughs> She's about to take the hearing aids out. <laughs> Don't go well in the water. And it's nearly 50 years since these intrepid brothers discovered what surfing was, when they were part of a group of people to introduce a country to the sport of Hawaiian kings. Surfing would bring the Britain boys together and almost drive them apart. My name is Brian Britton. I'm from Rosnaila in Donegal. I started surfing in 1966. Jesus, that's 48 years ago. And I'm the eldest of uh, five boys. And my father's approach to life was that we're all links in the chain. And uh, so we always felt that if we ever had a son, uh, he would be the link to him. And he treated me like a young, younger brother and uh, a friend. And then I was the link with Connor, and Connor was the link with Barry, and Barry was the link with William, and William was the link with David. Now, by the way, I think the links are broken because, I, you know, different times you end up linking with different ones. But um, next three to me, um, Connor, Barry and William all took up the sport of surfing when the first boards were bought by my mother in 1966. At that time, surfing was a sport done in sunny California, not rainy Donegal. The Britton brothers grew up in the Sandhouse Hotel right on Rasnaila Beach. The hotel was run by their parents, Mary and Vinnie. In 1966, Barry Britton was 10 years old and he and the other brothers were about to see a surfboard for the first time. We were reared in the Sandhouse Hotel there in the, at, at the beach in Rasnaila, which is obviously right beside the surf. Well, at the very beginning, my mother used to do promotions for Board Falcha and she used to go on tour with them and that, and promoting her own hotel as well as holidays in Ireland. And they used to have workshops all over America. Anyway, on one trip, she ended up, I think it was early 60s or mid-60s, around that time, she ended up in California. 
and she was looking out at the sea and seeing all these surfers and that's the time of that surfing movies and beach boys and all that surf everything was all surf out there and she was looking at the waves at the beach she goes, oh god she says there's better waves than that where my hotel is in Ireland and of course nobody would believe her you know so she came back anyway and she she had, she had ordered up a couple of boards and Next thing, two surfboards landed at the hotel for her, the use of her guests. But of course, when the Britain boys got, got a look at these jokes, we decided we'd try them out, and the guests never got looking at these boards at all, ever again. We, we, we just took it over, and that was it. And she always regretted buying these surfboards, because uh, she reckoned up to that point, she had a chance of raising us as being young gentlemen. Instead of that, we turned into a bunch of beach bumps. She was very, very disappointed. <laughs> when we got the boards first, we were laying on them. I think we might have even got to kneeling on them and we were having to crack with them. And then, one of their friends started standing on the board. We're going, Jesus, you can stand up on these things. <laughs> Let's have a go at that. <laughs> I do remember getting the first stand up and the thrill of it and getting a longer long ride. And I remember the first time passing somebody on a wave going the opposite direction. It managed it and the two of us were spooked and was were yahooing the whole way into the beach. In those days there were no surf schools or learner boards. The boys just had to figure it all out for themselves. Name's Willie Britton. I was probably only about eight when I started surfing. And all the brothers are all a bit older than me. There's three years nearly between each of us. I remember I couldn't swim very well. And uh, they used to sort of uh, shepherd me out and sort of stay close to me all the time and stuff like that. Now, what I used to do, when, when the surf got a bit bigger, uh, I used to go in and wake Connor up and say, Connor, come on, because Connor would have been out the night before or whatever, and I'd say, Connor, come on, come out surfing, let's go surfing, let's go surfing, and I'd drag him out surfing anyway. And he used to sort of be a, like a buddy, he would surf along beside me or he'd paddle out beside me, so he would get out the back because you'd have to paddle out past your depth and stuff. Well, he couldn't swim when he started surfing. And remember, I used to, we used to, I used to surf behind him all the time on a wave in case he fell off because he used to go way out of his depth. He used to take off on the wave beside me and we'd ride along, it was grand, and then... There was one particular day we were riding along anyway and Connor wiped out or something and his board flew up and clipped me in the hip. He was going down a wave and I was going up and I clipped them. And I won't use the language of what he said to me for a young cub, but uh, on no uncertain terms was I the surf behind him ever again. <laughs> and that was the end of him. And anybody looking after him, he says, uh, he says I learned to swim. And he learned to swim. And after that, I said, Connor, you stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I surf away on my own. Gradually then, as you, as you started to progress a wee bit, you got more confidence and you learned how to swim properly. <laughs> me and Willie were, in the summertime, we'd be down in a room beneath the old staff quarters. I think it had a wooden floor. But when the waves were up, you could feel the waves when you're lying in bed. You could feel them landing on the beach outside. Yeah, and we were going, yeah, right, the waves are up, come on. As soon as it was dawn, we were out there. We got all excited when this rumble would start, you know, under the dead, like, from, coming from the shore, which is a good bit away, like, but everybody thought we were nuts at the time, like. You know, even if you'd be, you'd be stopped at the guard of checkpoint with surfboards in the roof and the guard would be going, but where do you put the motor on this thing? 
you know, it was just, just that we were crazy going out in the water, and especially in the middle of winter. In 1966, there were no supermarkets selling neoprene wetsuits. In fact, wetsuits were pretty much unheard of. Woolly jumpers, I remember it was the start to try and keep you warm. Wetsuits? What are they? <laughs> I remember we surfed that Christmas and I oh, was fucking mad. Um, I had a football jersey on me down at the ramp beside the lifeguard hut in Rosnaila. Well, there wasn't a lifeguard hut, there was nothing like that then. But I remember going in on Christmas morning freezing and we were foundered after out of the water in about 10 minutes. But we just did it for the crack, you know. The second year, 1967, we managed to put enough money together from saving. We, we, we bought a, a wetsuit between us. One of the old-fashioned wetsuits where you had the flap under the, um, your crotch. And so one would wear the bottom and one would wear the top and the other one would wear the football jersey because there were three of us surfing at that time. Willie was too small to go into Christmas. Of course, Brian being big brother, he got the top part. We were, Barry and I used to fight over the legs. <laughs> poor old Willie got nothing. <laughs> Brian would get a surf in his wetsuit and then we'd be waiting on the shore. Connor and myself would have to toss a coin to see who'd get the top of the wetsuit and who'd get the bottom of the wetsuit to go out and join them. So if you got the bottom of the wetsuit, you got the top of the wetsuit, you're okay, you wore long johns, you know, underwear basically. And then if you got the bottom of the wetsuit, you had to put on an iron jumper basically. And sure, the iron jumper would go on, it would be grand when it was dry, but sure, by the time you'd come in, it would be down to your knees. <laughs> and Murray, Murray Gold gloves was the other thing we started to wear, you know, the wash up, washing up gloves. They helped a little bit. As, as it got a bit bigger then, it was able to buy, buy these homemade wetsuit kits. You used to be able to order them off a crowd in England. And you used to glue up your own suit and sew them up yourself. Basically, you cut out the patterns and you glued it up and... They, you sent over your measurements and they, they would send you back the marked out thing and you cut it out and you just basically tailored your own suit. Four older brothers, we all went to a boarding school in Gormanston and sure, we couldn't wait to get the holidays to get back to Ersnaila to go surfing. We've got to get wetsuits on, is that the plan? Alright. Right, Connor, I'm going to here. Photograph was taken here. There's a photo of the four brothers from those early days, taken by the boy's mother, Mrs B. They're standing in front of the Sandhouse Hotel with their surfboards. Three tanned and floppy-haired teenagers and a very young-looking Willie. What age were you then, Willie? Ten. Now in their 50s and 60s, before the four brothers get in the water, they are recreating the picture. <laughs> Silver beards, a bit less hair, a bit greyer. The four salty sea dogs are still as eager to get in the water as when their mother took the original photo. Right, I have the wetsuit in the back. I reckon hey, we... Boys, let's go surfing. Let's go surfing. <laughs> <laughs> the brothers had discovered surfing and it would be something that the four of them would pioneer over the next four decades but surfing would also create divisions between them Meanwhile, on the other side of the country in Dublin a young man called Kevin Cavey picked up a copy of Reader's Digest Intrigued by an article about surfing he began crafting his own board in his back garden in 1966, Kevin and two of his friends had started importing surfboards. They then embarked on Ireland's first surf trip, or surfari. We went on a safari uh, to the west of Ireland. We started in Strandhill, Sligo, and we started moving up the coast until we got to Rosnaula. I remember it was Easter in 66, and we arrived on the beach. The waves were probably only waist high, and uh, it was a chilly um, March um, day 
brilliant sunshine and a whistling wind nicely offshore. Uh, so we drove down the beach and um, hopped in the sea, took a photograph or two. We went up the beach to the hotel then, that would be the Sandhouse Hotel or Osnaula. And um, my parents knew uh, the, the, the Britain family and that's why I was co- uh, wise to the fact that Rosnaula could be a very good potential area. Uh, so I went up to see them and met both Vinnie uh, Britain and Mary Britain, the owners. And we held our breath. We didn't know what they might say or think because we were in beautiful surroundings with antiques and a lovely fire and music in the background. And we were shabby, shabby dogs, you know, just sitting there. So uh, out came Vinnie Britton. I walked over, sat down, said, tell us your story. So we gave him a quick yarn about it. He says, oh, I know, I, I saw you. I saw you out there. So, so he said, oh, well, I'll tell you what, I'd like a few boards for the hotel. So with that we became electrified again, uh, shook hands, promised him a board or two, and uh, that's what happened. In the meantime, I understand Mary Britton had been to America, and I think she got uh, some boards over there. What we have up here in the wall is our seat for a surfboard in 1969. Brian's in the surfer's bar in the Sandhouse Hotel. Up on the wall is the receipt for the first boards supplied by Kevin Cavey. It was um, a custom-built board. Uh, I think it was Connor's board originally. It's made out the Vinnie Britain, and and the cost was thirty-nine pounds Irish pounds. To be fair to my mother, she was the one that saw the opportunity, because we wouldn't have been there when the boys came visiting for the first time. And she went to a grave, regretting the day she introduced surfing to her four of her five sons surfed. I think uh, all of her 12 grandchildren surf. And I'd say she, those times she'd be going looking for Connor or Barry or William or whatever to be out surfing uh, and not available for the work that we're supposed to be doing. So, and then, and then them, that, she'd be giving out about the, them ones that come surfing. They don't cut their hair. They don't, they don't wear suits and they don't dress properly and whatever. But anyway... Um, so at her at her at her, um, at her wake, I think uh, all of all of the boys would have had a, a wry smile at uh, oh here she is. Uh, actually, it was a very good day, very good waves the day of her wake. Brian began to develop the sport of surfing, and in 1967, alongside Kevin Cavey and others, he set up the Irish Surfing Association. Now, the, the family uh, of boys, uh, mainly because of the age difference, um, I mean, Brian was the first one that we met, and he, being the eldest, he was the one we mainly dealt with. But we, we found the boys with absolutely amazing uh, support for surfing. Every time you went there, there was one or two of them out in the sea, and we wondered, what else do they do? But um, they, they, they certainly were, were terrifically enthusiastic. Uh, Brian's enthusiasm was for surfing, but it also was an organiser. We decided that we would uh, organise our sport as an island of Ireland sport, like rugby, hockey, cricket or whatever. Uh, look at the date. We'll have to look at the, the date on the, on the nameplate at the front of the door there. Willie is at the surf club in Rasnaula. It was the first surf clubhouse built in Ireland, but the setting up of clubs 
would be the beginning of a difference in opinion between the brothers. The, the surf club is really popular, it's really big, so it is a load, load of kids, most, mostly locals now at this stage, but uh, from June on now they'll be down, have lessons and a couple of lessons and then they'll be able to use the club all summer, so they get great mileage out of it. So they Kevin and Brian agreed that surfing should be structured and organised in order for it to develop in Ireland. The surf club was the first thing. Then as surfing began to catch on during the late 1960s and through the 70s, Brian, Kevin and others started to organise competitions. Barry, however, disagreed with this. And in the following years, this would lead to friction between the brothers. I never was very interested in organised surfing like surf clubs or... I couldn't see the point of a surf club. Like, sure, if you've got your surfboard and you've got your wetsuit, what do you need a surf club for? You just all you need to do is go surfing. Well, what's the idea of a club? What's the logic behind it? I think you'll have to ask Brian that one. <laughs> the one thing we would always try and do, and we did it right through the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, was to have a competition in on the Causeway Coast each year. Um, so, right through the troubles, we always had a, a major national championships, and um, just got on with it. We came up with the first national championships to be held in Tremor County, Waterford. It was a raging success <laughs> in our books. Uh, a public spectacle. They all enjoyed it. And the public enjoyed watching people falling off. We enjoyed them to watch them staying on. But uh, may I put it together and everybody was happy. In 1972, Brian, Kevin Cavey and others brought the European Surfing Championships to Lahinch in County Clare. Irish surfing had finally arrived at the big time. Willie was the most successful surfer of all the Britain boys, holding the title of Irish champion three times. I won a, f a few national titles. Again, there was always, at that time back, this would be the 70s, there was, there was a, a group of us who always, there was a, for a period, there was a period, there was about three or four people who you nearly it was between us for the last, for for maybe five or I can't remember now eight years maybe one of us one or other of us would always be competing with each other for the, to try and win the contests but uh, no it was all it was it was very friendly it was it's not it wasn't dog eat dog like the way it is now it was a pretty laid back scene so it was surfing was growing in popularity throughout the country. The Britain boys even piqued the curiosity of Mike Murphy, who travelled to Rasnaula to see what all the fuss was about. This kind of thing may be fine around Hawaii, but carry on like this in the month of May at Rasnaula in County Donegal is a bit on the shivery side. However, maybe the wetsuits will help. A young Brian Britton was there to tell Mike all about this new sport. Uh, eventually the wave will win out when your right ends because you'll either fall off it or have a wipeout or... Um just uh, reach the beach and that's the end of the wave but there are so many more waves coming in you just have to go out and try them all again. At this time the Irish Surfing Association had also devised a system for judging surfing. Well how does one win a surfing contest? Well, does one stay up longest or furthest? Or how indeed. Kevin Cavey was there to explain. Yeah there are a number of points
points that are taken and given to somebody who's in a contest. First of all, five people usually are in a heat. They enter the waters and they're wearing different colours. The judges watch them and uh, watch which waves they ride and how they ride them. But this was not sitting well with everyone. Barry in particular disagreed with the very concept of judging surfing. I think surf competitions are kind of like a circus really. People out there doing tricks on surfboards to try and get points to win a competition. Like, But I mean, that's not what surfing's about. You have 20 minutes to catch your four waves and do this, that and the other thing on the wave and try and win a competition. Sure, that's, that's not surfing. Surfing's what you do when you go out there and you can spend a couple of hours out there and uh, you might get the wave of your life, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a whole different cutology, you know, really, as far as I'm concerned. And it's, it introduces this old trick surfing, which are, that's, to me, that just looks ridiculous, you know. And I was never really competitive about the surfing. I can't, still cannot understand how you can judge somebody's surfing. You know, it's not like you're in a running race and the man that gets past the post first wins. It's, it's a whole different carry-on, like, out there when you're surfing. And who says who's good and who's not good, like, it's... The, the, the boys is surfing the best to me is the boys having the most fun out there. How are they doing this uh, wave jump and carry on? You know, they kind of shoot up to the top of the wave, not into the air and try and come down again and all. But I mean, if the waves were good, they wouldn't be doing that. They'd be just flying along in the wave, you know. But so they do. But of course, most of the competitions are held in crap surf anyway. As far as I'm concerned, if you're not in the wave, if you've left the wave, like gone into the air, you're not surfing anymore. That's acrobatics. If you want to do acrobatics, go ahead and do acrobatics. You don't need a surfboard. Willie and Barry were growing more and more alarmed at the effects of organised surfing. They began to see it as a hindrance. The two younger brothers agreed that organised surfing was spoiling local breaks with overcrowding and was not environmentally conscious. Angered by the way surfing was developing, Barry and fellow like-minded soul surfers formed a group known as the Black Wetsuit Brigade. When his brother Brian and others secured sponsorship from Smirnoff Vodka for a surfing competition in Eastkey County Sligo in 1979, things came to a head and the Black Wetsuit Brigade organised a protest. Well, there was a, a group of us, I suppose. Brian, Brian would have called us the Black Wetsuit Brigade. That we weren't too keen on competitions. Well, in fact, weren't keen on them at all. And there was a famous contest staged at Eastkey County Sligo. It was uh, the Smirnoff Pro-Am. And they were offering money prizes. And we were going, God, this is terrible. They were commercialising our sport, you know, that's, you know, kind of got a nice roots thing going on here. Now they were going to turn it into a commercial carry-on, you know. So we, were, we weren't too happy about that. And there was a big protest at it, you know. And the funny thing about that is, uh, you know, if you look in the photographs of the protest, all the boys in the photographs of the protests are all still surfing. And very, very few of the competitors are organisers of that contest are still in the water. So the famous protest at Eski in 1979, the Smurdoff International, where, you know, the, the banner went up um, on the top of the castle in Eski. I was into surfing until I discovered Smurdoff. Connor was involved in the running of the hotel, so he saw the benefit in the popularity of surfing spreading. 
Well, I suppose I was coming along, coming at it from the tourist point of view, uh, because it's bringing tourists into the area and uh, generating revenue for you know different businesses, and that's the way I I was looking at it. Even though I was, it was because I was working for my parents, and it was their livelihood. At this stage, Barry and Willie were the sole surfers, pitted against their older brothers Connor and Brian. Put it like this. At the time, uh, you know, I, 1979, I was 29 years of age. Look, we were, we really peed off at the time. Now, me and Barry, when we had a few pints, and we got talking about surfing, I'd say it wasn't once, but it was four or five times we had to be separated when we came to blows. And we realised that this was getting out of hand. And eventually we figured it out one day, when we didn't have pints on us. And over the years, I've learned, though, with my brother Barry and with William. I mean, William at the time was Irish champion, so he was very much into the competition. But then William went the other way as well. Uh, but we agreed after a few nights where we, Barry and I would have come to fisticuffs that, listen, our relationship as brothers was much more important than, uh, you know, our differences of opinion about surfing. So we reached an agreement that we would not talk about our um, views on the sport of surfing and how it would develop. There was a truce. They agreed that when they talked about surfing, they would only talk about the waves. One competition that they could agree on was the Intercounties competition, which is held every year in October in Rasnaula. The Intercounty Surfing Contest takes place in Rasnaula every year, still takes place, but it started in 1968. My dad would have started it back then. They still surf for the Sandhouse Cup, I think, is the trophy. But it's like an Intercounties thing. Any county can put in as many teams as they want. But um, the purpose of it is not who wins, it's a party basically and it was a big gathering of uh, all the surfers from all over Ireland and a big get together and that's how you got to know people really. In October 1992, the four Britain brothers went surfing together for the 25th anniversary of the Intercounty Surfing Competition. But it would be the last time that they would surf together for 22 years. If you walk into the Surfer's Bar in Rosnaula, it's pretty much a museum of Irish surfing. It contains all the memorabilia of the early days of surfing. A sort of tapestry of the All-Ireland sport envisaged by Brian and Connor Britton, and the organic roots-style freedom of expression sport envisaged by Barry and Willie. Brian has a lot of memories here. We have everything here from photographs going back to the early days in the 60s, right the way through to the kids who are surfing these days. The unique thing about the bar, I think it's been here now 30, 35 years, the uh, right-hand side of the bar is in the shape of a wave, um, so people sort of sit in there and they're, they feel they're in the curl or in the tube. We've got the old posters go back to the early inter-counties. We've got um, posters from international uh, world surfing games, Australia 1982, right the way through to United States competitions, Puerto Rico World Championships, Japan World Championships. We've got uh, photographs of the protest at um, Smirnoff and Eastgate in 1979. We have the first photographs of people surfing here in Rasnaula back in 1966-67. All you've got to do is fast forward to today and you look at the number of people that are employed through the industry of surfing in surf shops, surf schools, surf accommodation, 
board manufacturing, magazines, whatever. And, you know, I believe now it's a mainstream recreation. And it's very, very important that surfing is run like any other national body. Over the 80s and 90s, careers and family lives evolved for the four brothers. But the sea was never far from their minds. Brian and Connor surf less these days. Willie and Barry still get in the water. In later years, I suppose, my hero has to be Willie Britton, my brother, who uh, keeps me at it and hopefully I keep him at it as well. Kind of keep each other going at the surfing. Willie went away working on the oil rigs, but was drawn back to Rosnaula. I've always lived beside sea, apart from there was a, a period I was working in, in, in South America and I used to do three weeks on, three weeks off. I think you'll notice with, with Barry's house and my house, I sleep in the, the room overlooking look, out to the sea here. And if you look at this, there's two wind indicators. From the bed, you can check the, what way the wind's blowing. So you can see if the... Because you're watching this the whole time to see if the wind's turned this way. It's time to go to Bundorn or whatever. So we're sort of... You'll notice Barry has the same outside his house. <laughs> and Barry, too, was drawn back to Rasnaula and the waves. Surfing, for me, is... And always was a lifestyle choice. I, I had a good career in Dublin as an architect and I said to hell with this, I'm not staying in Dublin. I'm missing too many waves here. So I moved up to the, back up home here to Donegal and uh, eventually picked up a wee bit of work as an architect, but I was doing lots of surfing. I really enjoyed it, you know. And uh, even in recent years there, I was starting to get, well, about, about 10 or 12 years ago, I was starting to get a wee bit unfit at the surfing. I was getting a bit kind of, I was missing, missing days, you know. And uh, I gave up the booze at that stage, and that's kind of helped me surfing a lot this last while, you know. It's made a, made a big change. I see, I would have decided a long time ago that what I want to do is keep surfing. And I wanted to build my life around that, and that's basically what I have done. So uh, I've designed my life in such a way that I can go surfing whenever the waves are up, generally speaking. And uh, that is what I do. It's such a thrill to be out surfing. And you get such a high from it and a natural high. It's good to get a natural high in this day and age. doesn't cost you anything and doesn't give you a hangover <laughs> or withdrawal symptoms. Well, now we do get withdrawal symptoms if I haven't been surfing for a few weeks. My wife, Ensie, will attest to that. I get very cranky and crabbed around the house and get sent away off down to Cork or somewhere to catch a wave and come back in good humour again. <laughs> Surfing stayed in the Britain family's blood and that sole surfer Barry Britton of the Black Wetsuit Brigade named his daughter Eski after a surf break in County Sligo. Hi, I'm Eski. I heard about Chernobyl three years ago on TV and it made me very upset. I then decided to do something about it. In 1996, a 10-year-old Liski appeared on television surfing for Chernobyl. I surf a lot, and I thought a sponsored surf was a good way to raise money for Chernobyl. Liski would go on to be one of the most famous and most successful surfers in Ireland, holding the title of Irish champion five times, becoming the first woman to surf in Iran, and being sponsored by multiple surfing brands. Hi. 
I'm competing today in the big wave surf event uh, as the only female. <laughs> What's that like being the only girl out there? Um, I guess it, I never really thought of it because I've just always been the only girl hanging out with all the lads. So, um, but I just always had to sort of step it up with them and my tow partner is my cousin Neil. So that uh, makes, makes for a good teamwork, you know. <laughs> funny, funny that one about uh, I'm so anti-competition and always have been an anti you know organized surfing but the anti-competition bit and then then i go on a rare you know get all got my kids in surfing when they were young and all you know i didn't push them into it but they took to it they're off a daddy every day anyway so they might as well get in the water <laughs> then they end up in rearing this contest machine he's written like i don't know how many times he was there he surf champion but sure that's life you don't have control over them things <laughs> it's an irony that's not lost on brian the competition organiser. As far as Barry's concerned, I smile to myself because while Barry is a soul surfer, the irony of it is today that uh, probably the uh, most sponsored, most promoted surfer in Ireland is Barry's daughter, Iski. I say to Barry with a smile on my face, so how do you reconcile the, uh, your soul surfer basis with um, Iski's exploits? And I mean, I think Iski's a tremendous role model as a young person. Two surfers who caught the biggest waves ever surfed in Ireland have described the experience as exhilarating. The dramatic waves up to 40 feet high were captured on video at Mullachmore. The Met Office was forecasting massive waves for the weekend and warning people to keep a safe distance. But for one group of surfers, this was a chance not to be missed. The opportunity to surf the biggest waves of giant surf tubes known as prowlers. They're understood to be located off the coast of Mullachmore in County Sligo, but their exact location remains a mystery. And no one was disappointed with the huge waves. In recent years, local surfers such as Iski, Richie Fitzgerald and Brian's son Neil have pioneered big wave surfing in Ireland. It's the latest chapter in the ever-evolving story of Irish surfing. My name is Neil Britton. I've been surfing now since I was 13, so about just over 20 years. And I'm the owner of Finn McCool Surf School and Lodge here in Rosnella. From a sins, I got into the big wave surfing. I suppose it's a way of keeping us sane all the way through the winter. Um, but there's been a massive growth recently in the jet ski assisted big wave surfing. So uh, Mullochmore has been getting off a lot of coverage recently. So I'm one of those mad just that's out there. As the waves grow bigger in the winter, they move quicker through the water. So you can't actually paddle fast enough to catch them. So uh, we use jet ski assist to get towed into these big 30, 40 foot waves and then ride them out and make our way back to the jet ski again. But... It's a whole different, it's almost a whole different discipline of surfing. Um, it's, well, scary, but a good scary. The best feeling of the whole lot is when you get back in all in one piece. It's one of those just pushing yourself to your absolute limits and making it back again. But there's an awful lot of, you know, training, extra training we have to do for that. So we work closely with the RNLI and the Coast Guard and stuff like that. So we're not just a pack of Egypt's going out and trying to kill ourselves in big waves. We are, there is a lot of training that goes back into it. Barry and Willie won't be going big wave surfing but they can still regularly be found out in the waves at Rasnaula. Sometimes it can be a bit frustrating with all these young boys paddling around you, you know. They can, they're not fitter and nimbler and all that than, than us old boys, you know, and can catch any wave they want, really. But um, you have to let the odd roar at them every now and then, you know, but youth and skill are no match for age and treachery. <laughs> Do you think it's changed? 
Yeah, it's got much more uh, competition orientated and much more. Um, the, the, it doesn't look to me. It doesn't uh, as as coming from the old days. I suppose it, to me it doesn't look as nice. There's too much. Um, it used to be you you were trying to glide with the wave and just flow with the wave. Now it's like the surfers are trying to. They just want to destroy the wave. They're sort of trying to overpower the wave or whatever. It's incredible the, the skill that some of the some of the surfers have these days. It's incredible what they're doing. But um, still, when I when you see someone just doing a real pure clean line on a wave, it's uh, it's uh, something else. It does affect you psychologically, and I've wrestled with this for years, trying to figure out what it is that makes me want to go surfing and why. After I have a surf, I feel exhilarated, happy totally different attitude than I'd have before I went into the water. So it's a great cure for any depression or negative thoughts you might have. Because you'd, you'd go out there and the world could be coming down around you, tax man giving you crap and you're going, God, I wish the world could end and you go and have a surf and next thing you go back in. Sure, oh, sure, we'll be able to sort the tax man out somewhere. We'll figure it out. We'll talk to him anyway. And your whole different attitude is totally positive when you come back in. My wife, NC, she's a psychotherapist. I'd be sent her, you know, she says, all them clients you have, you know. He says, you could sort them out very handy. You just send them off out surfing. And they'll come back in and they'll be happy people. <laughs> Those waves have been coming in that ocean from before man. And those waves will be going in that ocean when man is long gone. I get very nostalgic now if I hear a Beach Boys tune on the, on the radio. Uh, it just brings me back to the, to the memories of those days. Um, I know that uh, people would have had, I mean, if you go back to the 60s, the side of it that uh, it took people a while to understand would have been that surfing was associated with uh, marijuana and smoking pot and that. And that used to annoy me, that we were immediately associated as being uh, sort of um, in, into the pot and marijuana, whereas actually, I mean, most the people from around here and in Ireland, we'd have been just, we'd have been clean and we didn't, it was just something we didn't like to, to be associated with the sport. Um, and, but it was a fantastic time to grow up and to be the start of something, uh, us little innocent fellows from Rosnola. I do feel, you know, that surfing has come on an awful lot. I only wish I was younger myself at this stage and my back was all right and I would be enjoying, still be really enjoying surfing. But I just haven't been able to get into the water as much as I wanted to. But I do feel a great pride that surfing has taken off in Ireland. Uh, but it's not just down to, to the Britain family that there was other people in other parts of Ireland doing the same thing, only we didn't know that they were doing it at the time. Nearly 50 years later, the Britain boys are still surfing. And despite the divisions, the brothers have helped create something special. Surfing in Ireland has come a long way from Mrs B's boards outside the sand house. Well, this is my own board. It's about, uh, my special one. It, it did the Silver Safari uh, back in 2006, celebrating 40 years of Irish surfing. And it'll be doing uh, again in 2016. Uh, when we celebrate 50 years of surfing. 50 years now, and what's next for the Britain boys? Oh, I don't know, the next generation are taking it up. The Britain boys taking their grandchildren in the water. 
Um, are the grandchildren taking the Britain boys? <laughs> That's a better one. <laughs> On Rasnaila Strand, for the first time in 22 years, the Britain brothers are heading into the water together. Hey, well, it's not as fit as it used to be. It's all about timing. I know that you, really t- you, you need to practice your pop up again. So you only have to away, you were gone. You're flying. I I must say I really enjoyed it. I was expecting to see you come back out for another one. <laughs> no, I got in, I was wrecked. <laughs> you notice the rip? Willie. What do you think of Brian's wave? It was really good. He said it was surprising. He got a, kept reforming, lovely for him. He was flying along, it was really good. Best wave I've seen him on in a good while. Jesus, I got me one wave. That was the best fucking wave I've had in about five years. Oh deadly. Just kept reforming, reforming's real or snail wave and I'm really stoked. It isn't brilliant to get out here with the boys again. Uh, I can't believe I've been out with the four brothers and, and getting a wave like that. My one wave, that's what I told you at the beginning. That's all I need. <laughs>